Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And track. Welcome to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds. The first bet Sunday through Friday. grnz.co.nz And a big welcome on this Sunday morning to Kiwi Chasing on the SEN Track Network. David Watson here at the Melbourne headquarters. We're going to have a big show ahead. Hope you can stay with us. And just a couple of guests to touch on as well. We've got Emma Potts who will join us very, very shortly. We'll get her up on the line. Obviously a trainer with Dogs in at Cambridge this afternoon. And a little later on in the program, young Canterbury trainer Riley Evans who has a strong team assembled. And it's great to see a lot of young participants in the industry as well. Joining me on the line. Firstly, a big welcome on this Sunday morning to Andy McCook. How are you, Andy? Yeah, good morning, Damien. Pleasure to be here uh, on the show as is the norm on a Sunday morning and uh, a yeah, nice big show in front of us with uh, Emma and uh, Riley, a couple of young trainers who are certainly making their mark. Emma in the north, Riley down here uh, in the Canterbury region. So uh, quite a bit uh, to get through today, Damien, and uh, looking forward to getting into it. Absolutely. We do this, of course, for New Zealand Greyhounds first for form and also joining us, veteran sports broadcaster in the Greyhound game, of course, Mark Rosanowski. Uh, he's struggling to connect on the app today, so we've got him, I think, on the phone. How are you, Rosa? Have we got you there? Hello, Rosa. No, we don't seem to have him, so uh, we might try him again, Andy. But uh, obviously, how has your week been over there? Things changed COVID-wise, by the way. Obviously, New Zealand had their fair share of restrictions only a couple of weeks ago. Are things starting to open up progressively right across the North Island in particular? Yeah, we're still uh, in a holding pattern in terms of uh, the far north. The uh, the Auckland-based trainers still haven't been able to race. We've uh, got Auckland back to level three as it stands. So uh, as I understand, they have been trialling uh, around Auckland, but still not allowed to cross borders out of Auckland. So uh, as I understand, depending on uh, how our... Uh, Prime Minister sees things on Monday. They're going to start running some mini-meetings uh, around Auckland for those guys that have now uh, sort of been out of racing for five or six weeks. So it's it's been a bit of a battle for those guys, but there is some light at the end of the tunnel and hopefully they'll be back racing uh, within the next week or so. Yes, absolutely. And uh, it is frustrating, obviously, to have some form of holding pattern, as we know, in any industry. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what does happen in the weeks ahead. Uh, just in regards to your operation, Andy, how's that going with the Greyhounds involved? Uh, how, how is the actual operation going? You know, we're taking it along well at the moment, Damien. We've uh, probably had the best start to, uh, to any season we've had. We've got some pretty handy young dogs uh, around us in the moment in the kennels and uh, some, some nice ones breaking in as well. So things look bright uh, for the, the, the foreseeable future anyway, as, uh, as long as we can keep these COVID levels down to a, a two or a one. Hopefully in the coming weeks here in Canterbury where we haven't had any cases in the South Island, so hopefully things can get back to uh, complete normality very, very shortly. 
I know you're going to discuss this with Rosa a little later on, but uh, I noticed they're going to trial the 325-metre start at Cambridge this Thursday and the possibility also of a 360-metre distance at Manawatu. Just on distances itself, I mean, we have the 311 metre distance as the minimum in Australia uh, in terms of regular racing. And whilst uh, it's it's done very quick and easy, it can be a little bit frustrating in a way that can be a bit fickle. What are your th- thoughts on the short distance and the absolute minimum in your mind from an ideal perspective as a trainer? Yeah, it's one of those hard ones. I mean, uh, we, we all try and breed stayers and, and nice 500-metre dogs, and sometimes uh, they just can't run it. We've got a 295-metre start point that's uh, that's quite often used at Eddington Raceway. Um, the, the In terms of the 360 start, they're looking at Manawatu solely around the fact that Hattrick Raceway's 305-metre uh, start out of play at the moment, obviously, with, with them not racing and, and that going on for an unforeseeable amount of time. It could be uh, two months it could be four months, no one really knows and, until they get to the bones of the issue there at, uh, at Wanganui. So looking to, to bring in a, a shorter race distance at, uh, at Manawatu just to, to combat those dogs who can't run the 410 metres and to give them an option over the coming weeks. Yeah, absolutely. But it'll be interesting to see how that is received across the industry if it becomes a regular practice. What we might do is we'll take a break. Hopefully, Rosa will be with us on the other side and we'll be joined very shortly by Emma Potts as well with a number of dogs under her operation in Cambridge this afternoon. And uh, we might get a few tips on that basis as well. You're listening to Kiwi Chasing on this Sunday morning. All thanks to New Zealand Greyhounds, the first perform. Damien Watson and Andy McCook with you. Mark Rosanowski to join us shortly, hopefully, as well. Live around Australia on SEN Track. You're listening to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds. First for form. And a big welcome back to Kiwi Chasing on SEN Track. Toby and Watson joined by Andy McCook and now Mark Rosadowski. We've got him back up on the line. And Rosa, as I understand it, of course, you're joining us for New Zealand Greyhounds first for form. You do have some breaking news on the COVID front. Well, I've just just been um, yeah, checking out a few details of breaking news that's coming through, and it's it's not good news with a couple of cases reported outside of Auckland, uh, one in both in the Waikato, one in Hamilton, and uh, and one out of Raglan, as I understand it. So obviously, further information will come through on that, but that will further cloud things as the government look to uh, make some announcements tomorrow. There's also been a, uh, a case of a. An Auckland truck driver who drove as far as Palmerston North was there on Friday, actually, when I was at the Dogs on uh, Friday. Uh, no locations of interest for me, but um, but locations of interest uh, all the way from Auckland through to Palmerston North as well, and that person's now isolating in Palmerston North. So we've got a, a few issues here. Um, things were relatively contained within Auckland, but it would appear from uh, this morning's news that just sort of came through about uh, probably about quarter to, to 11, 10 to 11, that... Um, no longer are they contained. But nonetheless, uh, we have to continue on as we are, and we do have Greyhound Racing in the Waikato today at Cambridge. Yeah, absolutely right. And speaking of Cambridge, Rosa, we've got a trainer on the line who certainly has a fair representation there. I speak of Jess Potts, and, uh, Emma Potts rather, and you just wonder uh, what's going to be capable of being achieved with her collection of dogs out there. Emma, a big welcome to you. Hi, how are you? Yeah, th- not too bad. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, just on that point, before we touch on your dogs later on this afternoon at Cambridge, what are your thoughts on the whole uncertainty that 
comes with COVID at the moment and how it affects your operation. Obviously, it's had a bit of big effect in New Zealand in recent weeks. Uh, how have you navigated through? Um, I mean, not going to lie, I think the two weeks of Level 4 it wasn't a bad thing for the dogs. They got to have a two-week break. Um, I definitely feel more sorry for the trainers in Auckland at the moment. Um, obviously, we're quite lucky that we get the chance to nominate here twice a week and get the chance to race here. But, um, yeah, it's definitely worrying times. I mean, most of my dogs are Auckland dogs, so when we can only race at Cambridge, it makes things tough. But, yeah, they're learning to learning to love Cambridge. So, yeah, what will be will be, I suppose. Emma, it's uh, Mark Rosanowski here. Um, just uh, you're, you're um, based at uh, Waitarima, as I understand it. Um, how close to the actual border are you? I'm about 15 minutes from the border at Mercer. So not so that good far. For you at least. Yeah, no, no, you're not. Um, at least you're <laughs> on the right side of the border and have been able to race at Cambridge, as you say, though, for those dogs of yours that are better suited to Monaco that hasn't been... Uh, so good. Look, for those who haven't heard uh, about Emma Potts, uh, Emma, what's your background in greyhound racing and uh, how recently did you did you get involved and build up your team? Oh, um, I started working for Steve Clark. It would have been about eight years ago now. Um, and then went on to work for Hayley Mullane after years of working for Steve and she encouraged me to get my owner trainer's licence. So I started off with about two or three dogs and was just helping her and then yeah, decided to do it full time. Really enjoy it, and yeah, now I've got a team of sixteen dogs around me. Emma, what is it that attracted you as a young woman to get involved in in something like greyhound racing? Honestly, I've always absolutely adored animals, um, especially dogs. And my parents went to the races one day and decided that they would own a greyhound um, with Steve. And, yeah, we just started going to the races every Sunday at Manukau and, yeah, it just went from there. Steve offered me the job and I left my job as an air hostess to do greyhounds. And the rest is history, wow. I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, uh, it's quite, a, quite a remarkable <laughs> bit of job, a career change. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, y your father, Tony's had quite a bit of success with, it, with racing greyhounds? He definitely has, yeah, especially um, Big Time Cooper, trained by Lisa Cole. Obviously, would probably be one of his biggest highlights. And, yeah, along the way, he's been very, very lucky with the dogs that he's had that have been New Zealand bred. Um, and I don't think any owners can ever... say that they've had the luck that he's had. No, no, exactly. Um, have you ever regretted the, the career change? No. No, don't get me wrong. It's difficult at times. It's difficult at times, but no, definitely don't regret it. Is 16 in your team um, an, enough for you to, to, to make a reasonable living? Definitely. I think 16 makes it enjoyable. Um, I de definitely didn't want to get too many of being on my own um, where it would become a chore. So, yeah, 16 is more than enough to keep me busy. Look, your team does race well. You've got some good dogs and... You're uh, a name, I think, that, that does attract punter attention. Are you looking for more greyhounds or are you capping it where you're at? Um, capping it where I'm at, I think. Um, don't get me wrong, you know, um, if the right dog came along, I probably wouldn't say no. 
but yeah, I'm happy with the situation I'm in at the moment and yeah, the dog that I have and the owners that I have, etc. Terrific. Um, you've got three in today. I'm going to throw it over to Andy McCook. Uh, Andy, and see if we can't find a winner at reasonable odds, I've got to say, with uh, Emma's three in today. Yeah, certainly the smaller team going around today, Emma, but uh, you kick off nice and early in the first with Thrilling Temper, who uh, has been knocking on the door. He's a handy dog, and uh, I'm picking the late scratching of the one dog. Probably makes it a bit easier, and he looks a, a decent enough chance now. He's very green. He's quite young. I always say he's almost too cute to race, um, so he's still learning. Um, but it's the closest he's drawn in to the rail, apart from having the one box, which he absolutely hates. So I'm hoping for a closer run than third today. Race number six, uh, you've got Thrilling Bliss going around. Uh, recent form probably doesn't really do her justice, but she's a handy enough type and the $11 looks uh, looks appealing enough. Yeah, not too sure whether box eight will suit her. Um, she kind of likes to cut down to the rail. And also her, her box manners haven't been the greatest, so it's just kind of working around those. But if she was to jump today and find the front, she would take some running down. She's very strong. Keeping the thrilling theme going, your third and final runner for the day is uh, Thrilling Breeze, who goes around in race number seven. And gee, she's been good her last few, picking the start, doing everything right. Tough field, but uh, she's not far away. Yeah, I mean, box speed is gold with her. Um, she does need a real hard field today, though. Quite a jump in class for her. But she's probably my best chance of the day. And if she can use her box speed like she has done, um, yeah, hopefully find her in the top three. We have seen you uh, start training a, a few thrilling dogs uh, lately, Emma. How did that connection come about? Um, I've always kind of helped Karen at the races and, you know, shown an interest in some of the dogs that she has and... Yeah, I think um, she offered me my first dog, Thrilling Katie, um, a bit a few years ago now. And, yeah, it just kind of went from there. And then I trained a couple for Gary. Um, he approached me one day and asked if I would train a few for him. So, yeah, it just went from there. Rosal, a small but select team going around today. And uh, Emma certainly does a good job. And I, I think there's one or two there worth a little each-way ticket as well. Indeed. And um, Emma, look, before we let you go, any other greyhounds in your team that we can uh, look forward to in, in upcoming weeks, all things being equal, and that we're able to race and, and, and eventually get everyone back to Monaco as well? Um, oh, I'd probably say look out for Smoothie over the 650s. If we can get some more distance racing at Cambridge, I think she'll make a nice 650 bitch. That's noted. I, I have been keeping an eye on Smoothie anyway over the 457. So, yeah, the step up to 650. Looking forward to that. Hope you do get uh, enough 650-metre races up there because they certainly are very interesting. Emma, look, well, we really appreciate your time today and uh, all the very best with the three you've got going around at Cambridge this afternoon. Cool. Thanks, guys. It's Emma Potts there. Um, Andy, look, if there's one thing uh, in these very uncertain times where COVID rules our lives uh, and also where greyhound racing has uh, come under uh, a bit of scrutiny here in New Zealand, as it has, of course, in Australia as well, if there's one thing uh, that keeps me buoyant about this industry that I've loved for 35 years or so, that is the fact that there are a really good number of fine young trainers, female and male, coming through in the ranks and if we are to have a uh, future I think it'll be very bright.
I think we're in one of the better positions we've been on uh, Greyhound Racing, always sort of been uh, uh, struggling a little bit to, to get the younger people involved. But, uh, gee, these days, uh, like you say, we've got a few young trainers and uh, a number of them fairly high up on the, the premiership as well. Dan Lane, Riley Evans, uh, obviously Emma doing a good job as well. So uh, they're right up there. They're uh, capable of, of competing with uh, the best trainers that New Zealand has with, with the experience that some of them have under their belt as well. So certainly a good uh, good sign for the times. And, um, gee whiz, Ros, I think if there's two industries that you wouldn't want to be affected by well, in terms of COVID, if you're in, it's been an ear hostess or been a greyhound trainer, and uh, Emma's had a crack at both. Yeah, exactly. Yes, indeed. Um, Damien, I, I know you dived to a uh, an ad break earlier. I'm not sure whether you need another one now or not. While you you tried to find me in the in the ether, <laughs> uh, in the ether. Now we yeah, discovered you we be... uh, pretty much on another planet. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it was floating fantastic. about. Yes, floating around like the spaceman. <laughs> mm. No, we uh, actually don't need an ad break. But I was interested to hear your thoughts because I was discussing with Andy before we did get you up on the line in the first segment about the possibility of a three hundred and 25 metre start. They're trialling the 325 metre start at Cambridge. As you know, in Australia, the, I think the minimum distance range, at least, that's utilised on a regular basis is 311 metres. I know you're a caller and you've been a caller for a long period of time, uh, so you're probably in a perfect position to answer this. Can it be a bit frustrating when it is short, or do you like the fickle nature of it, the fact that uh, the race is over pretty quickly? No, look, I, I, I don't, uh, Damien. I, I like the fact that greyhound racing um, can be extremely quick, but like a 500-metre race is quick, isn't yeah. it, particularly compared to gallops and obviously compared to harness racing. So, um, look, I, I, I do have some very strong thoughts around this. I, I don't think I'm, they're universally accepted, and, of course, I don't have to train greyhounds. But I do feel that when we had an explosion of greyhound racing from a fairly small number of meetings to a very uh, much larger number of meetings, and like now we have sort of nine, even can have 10 a week, that we went through a period where we were able to very easily and very cheaply buy 300 metre greyhounds from Australia because obviously they wouldn't be racing for much uh, over there if they were only 300 metre dogs. Everyone searching obviously for 500 metre dogs in your national sprint championship is regarded obviously as 520 metres as a sprint whereas we have all of these short course sprinters I think it became very easy for us to uh, import those greyhounds cheaply, things have changed since then and it's not nearly as easy or as cheap to get those dogs and to bring them over but of course what also occurred from that was that we had a whole series of these 300 metre dogs and then they have been, or the better ones, had been bred from but we've tended to get you know, we've bred 300 metre dogs and now we have a surplus of them and now we have more races over the sprints. And we elevated a couple of sprints to Group 1 status like the Galaxy and the Railway because we had all of these 300 metre dogs. That's the way Greyhound Racing New Zealand um, has gone, basically. Um, and back then too, going back a few years... Um, the sprinters were running for exactly the same money as the 500 metre dogs and the yeah. sprinters could run two and even sometimes three times in a week. That has at least been changed. Um, but we've got a situation now where it's very hard for us to get back and so therefore we're finding ways to um, suit the greyhounds that are out there and at the moment they predominantly are 300 metre dogs. Certainly is an interesting debate, and I was talking about it with Andy before. And also, guys, we got the recent sand replacement at Addington. Uh, so what are your thoughts on that and how it will affect racing at Addington going forward as well? 
stuff. Andy, here, that runs it? for you. Or Andy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I, I just felt Liam, like Andy. Andy obviously um, is is his his wife Janine, a prominent trainer in in Canterbury, and and uh, Andy's. At Addington, how many times a week do you go? At you run four times a week, Andy. You're there probably quite a few times, so you would have got the vibe from 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 trainers, administrators as to how things have gone since um, that sand surface was lifted and replaced with the uh, with the sand from Southland. How many times I drive to Eddington's not something I ever want to think about on a regular basis because it gets that ridiculous that the, the van and the truck just go there on autopilot. Now I don't even need to steer. They just they just know where they're heading. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's been good. Um, for those that don't know, Eddington, uh, they, you know, we resurfaced going back a, a month or three or four and uh, we brought up sand from Invercargill, which is uh, kind of a seven or eight-hour drive by road. It was trucked up uh, by the by the truck and trailer load and, and dumped at Eddington and uh, we had to go through a period of, of uh, two weeks where we travelled in the Cargill and raced there while it was going on. But uh, so far, it seems to have been good. There were some teething issues early on with uh, issues with it handling water. Um, we had a, a meeting abandoned. We had a, a meeting uh, transferred to a, a different day where uh, we had too much water and, and, and the track couldn't handle it. But they seem to be getting on top of those issues now and, and have those problems uh, ironed out. And so far, it's been good. The, the injury rate, Rosso, seems to have dropped. Uh, on the whole, which was the whole purpose of doing it. Obviously, animal welfare very high up in, uh, in things these days uh, around training greyhounds, and it's certainly been a good move and, uh, and a step in the right direction, it would seem. Mm, and, uh, Damien, this is obviously of uh, note to me because um, the, the, the track that I uh, did call twice a week at up until last week, Hattrick Raceway in Whanganui, um, that has been um, temporarily ceased racing there while a review is undertaken as to what needs to be done there to um, to reduce the number of injuries that we've had on that particular track. And obviously the first thing that they're looking at uh, is the surface, so I guess they'll be looking to mm. whether that is the only issue, um, whether it needs to be relayed and where we get the sand from for that, uh, and also whether there are other issues around that track, such as the um, cambers or the transition into the bends and stuff like that. So I'm very interested to hear how Addington is going, and they do race four times a week, which is uh, a lot of races, and, and also over the next couple of days, the Monday, Tuesday, 15 races on both days there at Addington, and we've also got 15 at Palmerston North. Uh, on Monday as well. And fairly shortly, David, we might see if we can't uh, find a winner or two amongst all of those races over the next few days here in New Zealand. Yeah, there's a plethora of them. Just before we do head to the news, just based on what you said there, Rosa, I'm interested, I might ask you a question about this. Given it seems like it's a bit of a drastic, not a drastic action, it's a necessary action, but it's significant all the same that uh, they're reviewing the state of the track and the fact that there's not going to be any racing for a certain period of time. Do they undertake, just talk us through the process, do they undertake regular track inspections to ensure that it doesn't get to that situation or try to ensure it doesn't get to that situation where they have had to indefinitely abandon meetings or, or halt proceedings at a particular track? Yeah, look, we uh, we use a penetrometer through every meeting, and uh, the stipendary stewards there in the central districts, um, you know, they are fastidious about going out there and checking the track, and they certainly haven't been shy 
uh, to abandon race meetings partway through. And that obviously has been a frustration for trainers, but uh, so are injuries, of course, the ultimate frustration for trainers. And so the stipe injury stewards have been acting in the uh, the best interest of the greyhounds, uh, which is absolutely vital. Um, so it's it's been a situation where they have been trying to remedy uh, the situation, and the national track manager, Nigel Rugg, has been down uh, on a number of occasions from Cambridge. It seems like they can get a surface going quite nicely for maybe a month to six weeks, and then, um, and then for, for whatever reason, um, it seems that... Um, that we then have an issue and we get a, a spate of injuries and the Wednesday, or a couple of Wednesdays before we uh, were told that we would no longer be racing there in the short term. Um, there, was a, there was a particularly bad day where the uh, meeting was abandoned after nine of 15 scheduled races. So, yep, look, there are, there are constant checks done. They have certainly endeavoured to remedy the situation, um, but for whatever reason, it just hasn't been able to work on a... Um, even a semi-long-term basis, if you like. So now the the uh, review process is, is going through and they can kind of look at it, not quite blank canvas, because they're sort of a little bit restricted with, uh, you know, the situation where they are there at Hattrick Raceway in Whanganui, but there is a little bit of scope and room to move, as we heard last week from the club president, Alan Frost, and I guess they'll be looking at all options from here. I guess one thing you could say is it's a real opportunity to get things right uh, and uh, to look ahead at least for the next 10 to 20 years, which is, long, is as long as the, mm. the current track has been there. Yeah, certainly plenty of news around, no question about that. You're listening to Kiwi Chasing on SEN Track. Damien Watson joined across the ditch by Mark Rosanowski and Andy McCook for New Zealand Greyhounds. The first bet Sunday through Friday. Visit grnz.co.nz. Let's head to the news. Back to Kiwi chasing right across the SEN track network. Damien Watson joined by Mark Rosanowski and Andy McCook. Riley Evans, a young Canterbury trainer, to join us a little later on in the half hour. We do this for New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for form. And Rosa, I guess it's now time, as we usually do at this stage of the show each week, to take a look at some tips for the meetings ahead. Yes, indeed, and no shortage of races to choose from, as I mentioned there, with uh, three 15 race cards coming up in the next couple of days here in New Zealand. Obviously, there's nine races at Cambridge this afternoon. We've heard from M. Potts about her team of three. Uh, and then uh, next couple of days at Addington, they've got uh, two 15 race cards, Monday and Tuesday there for the Christchurch Greyhound Racing Club. And Palmerston North have 15 as well. Of course, they're picking up the slack in the central districts. We had a meeting there on Friday. Uh, which would normally, of course, be at Hattrick Raceway in Whanganui. So Palmerston North racing twice a week now, Monday and Friday in 15 races there. So I'll look to there. Uh, another good distance race as we're getting over 660 metres on a weekly basis now. Race 2 dog to Bronski beat, former Sandown Cup winner. Gee, I thought his run was a black book effort last week. Checked badly at the first bend from box seven. Thought he did really well uh, to get up for fourth. Big time Harley's been the dominant force the last couple of weeks, but uh, he's been especially good from inside draws. He draws wider here. Very nice field again, but Bronski beat race two, number two for me on last week's run. Race four, dog three, big time stunner. This is a greyhound who um, Andy called on debut, actually, and it was heavily backed in, and it got checked and fell at the first bend, and may have taken a couple of runs to get over that. Not Andy calling it, but just the fall. And um, <laughs> this greyhound really looks to be going the right way now. It's picked up a couple of wins in its last three starts. Thought the uh, win the other day on Friday was really good. Tidy time, and out of big time, Vanessa, a Group 2 winner at Palmerston North, and I think this little will do nicely as they develop in time. 
Uh, not that they're young, but uh, they're inexperienced. Big time stunner race four, number three there tomorrow, Palmerston North on Monday afternoon. Don't forget you're only two hours behind in Melbourne now after yes. uh, overnight going forward. <laughs> uh, race five, I'm, I'm a bit torn between two runners. Uh, hopefully to get um, young Courtney Turnbull. Speaking of, of young trainers, Courtney Turnbull now with uh, her licence and uh, I think she could get her first winner in race five. Uh, dog two stay connected, drawn in close, runs to the line really strongly, two runs this time in to fit it up. But she's also got the four, Broke Brad, who looks a very good chance in that race as well. I'll go the two and the four, I'll go in that order. I'll be looking to the... Um, prices that uh, the bookies put up as to, to how I approach that race tomorrow, race number five. Andy, your eyes must be spinning with those uh, 30 races at Addington, and then you've got another 12 uh, down there in the south too, uh, Southland on Wednesday. Hard to keep up with all this racing at the moment, I tell you. It's a matter of uh, flicking through and just seeing what we can come up with. And uh, I think I've come up with a couple. Uh, one or two of them might be a little bit short, but uh, we'll kick things off. Race six tomorrow at Addington, Monday. Uh, number six, No Nillion. She was a very good maiden winner on debut. The second up effort, she had no luck at all. She was about to uh, go to war with the uh, the pacemaker into the corner, had her heels clipped. Don't know if she would have won anyway, but I think she would have been a handy second uh, which she was as it turned out anyway but uh, early speed I think she can cross and win race 15 uh, the last race on the, the program tomorrow out of Addington a dog called Rowdy's message I, I think we might get a decent price around her box 5 actually suits her running style she's got good early speed she uh, had no luck at all last week went in a fresh state and I think from a, a draw which uh, she should run a relatively straight line from into the first corner she's going to be a nice little uh, each way play there to Tuesday uh, we'll start things off early Race one, dog one, Purange Jadeja. I'm still not sure if I ever pronounced that name right, and you'd think I would after training it for 60 starts, but I think she's hard to beat off the inside draw. Race three, the one dog, Prince Rohit, uh, finally comes up with a decent draw. He might be a nice enough price as well. Race five... Gold Star Quinn, and we're going to talk to Riley Evans a little bit later on, who uh, who trains Gold Star Quinn, so I'm hoping he might give us a lean towards her as well. Box 8, not the end of the world for her, and uh, been racing well enough, and we might as well keep the kiss of death going on the McCook team, and uh, race 12, Dog 2, Swanson, nice draw for her, no luck at all last week, or this week as it was, uh, when uh, getting smashed right out of the boxes, I think she'll be pretty hard to beat, so there's uh, one or six to be following through the next couple of days, and if I can't get a winner out of those, I'm just about going to give up. Listeners, I can tell you, Andy McCook is a very good analyst and a very good judge and is well worth following through. Uh, just before we move on, Andy, a um, couple of things. I'm in Christchurch. Um, the Greyhound Awards were to be held last night, the New Zealand Greyhound Awards. Of course, we have been talking about this leading up to the announcement of the ultimate New Zealand Greyhound of the Year. Well, with the COVID restrictions, Greyhound Racing New Zealand have cancelled those awards. Um, and um, at this stage, we'll have to wait and see when the announcement will be for the overall New Zealand Greyhound of the Year, so we can't uh, announce that just yet. Uh, the show was going to be uh, a recap of, of last night's awards. They haven't occurred. I've still come down, brought my young boys here, and that's why I'm about to abandon ship, Andy, and leave you with uh, Roddy Evans for the last uh, quarter of the show. But another thing we need to mention, uh, Andy, and you actually alerted this to me, uh, unfortunately, drink shoeys. Uh, has had uh, an accident and, um, unfortunately, um, he has uh, had to be um, euthanised and he will... Um, obviously, he was going to be a dog who could have had a, uh, a very big 
um, part, part to play in the upcoming New Zealand Cup for Peter Ferguson and for the team. Kids go racing. Phillips, Hardacre, Northcote, O'Neill Syndicate. The dog are in third in the Auckland Cup and a dog who um, really got people talking and who created a really good vibe at the track through his owners. Yeah, he certainly did. Uh, I think his name uh, created a vibe as well, didn't it? And uh, yeah, I had the pleasure of calling this bloke a couple of times, and uh, including winning a heat of the uh, the Auckland Cup, where he was super impressive. He made a big impression in a relatively short period of time, hasn't he, Rosso? He only started racing here in New Zealand in, uh, in January. So, yeah, it's been a, a big uh, ride for him and his owners, and obviously feelings there to the uh, to connections, the Ferguson team, and uh, and everybody involved with Trink Shoeys. He's a, a dog who would have uh, played a very, very big role through all the upcoming Group 1s, and um, it's, sad, uh, it's sad when things happen and, and you lose any dog, let alone a, a dog of the calibre that, uh, calibre that Trink Shoeys was. So, obviously, Rosso feelings uh, to all the connections, and uh, yeah, it's uh, going to be a, a tough time for them. Indeed, Andy. Well, a pleasure being with you today. Uh, I'll uh, listen to your chat with uh, Riley Evans. Look forward to catching up with you again next week. Uh, Damon, as I uh, head back to you, I'll uh, check out of the show for now. Catch you next week. And thanks again for getting us through uh, early on there and just finding me drifting in the radio ether. <laughs> no worries at all. And uh, have a good day with the kids too, Rosa. Always a pleasure. It's a juggle. It's a juggle. <laughs> Fantastic work. Mark Rosanowski joining us there for the first three quarters of the show. On the other side of this break, we're going to have a chat with our next guest, our final guest on the program, Riley Evans, a young Canterbury trainer who's showing a lot of promise with a strong team. You're listening to Kiwi Chasing, all thanks to New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for form. Back with more on the other side. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds, first for form. And a big welcome back to Kiwi Chasing on this Sunday morning on SEN Track. Damien Watson joined by Andy McCook. We do this for New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for form. And Andy, I'll let you introduce our next guest. He's a young trainer based in Canterbury with a very strong team and certainly has a lot of scope for even further improvement. Yeah, he's just a young fella and he's uh, he's doing a super job with the team, uh, Riley Evans, and uh, hasn't been training for long, so the things he's been able to do so far uh, have been pretty big achievements. As, as we welcome you in, Riley, and say a very good morning to you. Yeah, buddy, it is, mate. How are you? Yeah, going good, mate, going good. Uh, for those that don't know you, mate, for our Australian audience, let's uh, dive back in time. How did you first get involved in the sport that is greyhound racing? I uh, my my dad trained um, harness for a bit, and then uh, he got given the opportunity to train a dog, and uh, he took that up um, about ten years ago. So when I was ten, nine, and um, so I've been been around them since since I was ten years old, and sort of just fell in love with doing it, going out with my parents, and having a bit of fun, galloping the dogs, go to the track the old time, and then uh, the older I got, the more involved I got, and. Uh, that led to working for them full time and um, just slowly transitioned into uh, me taking over fully. So, yeah, bloody love it. So that transition, uh, for those that don't know, happened in uh, around November 2020. So it was around halfway through last season. And, Riley, your first season, 109 winners, busting through the 100-win mark, which uh, is something that a lot of trainers uh, sort of struggle to do. So doing that in your first season with just six months or seven months under the belt, that must have been a big feeling. Yeah, it was um, it was actually pretty emotional for me, you know. Um, 
probably one of the youngest trainers to ever train, 100 um, winners in a season, and um, something I was really, really proud of. Um, we're sitting on 99 for quite a while with not, not too long to go, uh, a month or so to go, and I sort of doubted myself, oh, would, would I be jinxed and not hit it? But uh, the day I hit it, I was, I was really proud of me and, and mum and dad. Like We, we put a lot of effort in, and, and just to have something special like that, being, being able to be that young and, um, and train 100 winners in your first season was... Um, was just really special and, and something I'm really, really proud of. And a good start to this season as well for you, mate. You're uh, you're already on uh, 26 winners, so you're well on your way to, to cranking through that hundy again. Yeah, yeah, sure. Am. Um, uh, the team the team's going pretty good, and uh, and I got no complaints in the moment. And um, yeah, yeah. So for those in Aussie that don't know you that well or, or aren't aware, uh, obviously the, the majority of your team are, are homebred New Zealand bred greyhounds and they all carry the, the prefix gold star. Do you want to have a chat through where that came from? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure can. Um, Dad was training, uh, when, when he was a harness trainer, we had a horse called um, Three Gold Stars and uh, it's named after the three gold, gold slash orange sort of stars in the States beer logo. So um, we raced her for a bit, and then um, we ended up breeding her to uh, a horse called Armbro and Beige, and, and um, we ended up naming um, that colt um, Gold Star Invasion. And we we won, we won a few races with him, and, and had a good time while we were training him. And uh, he eventually got sold to Aussie. Uh, and when Dad got involved in the dogs, we um, broke the dog in. Um, the first one we actually broke in, and we called her Gold Star Bella. And um, from there, the Gold Star name's just stuck, and, and we've run with that since. So just uh, talk us through your team. You've got a home at the moment, Riley. Yeah, how big an operation do you run? How many do you train? And, uh, and how many do you have on the property in, in terms of pups and, and break-ins and everything coming through? Yeah, uh, there's about 50-odd race dogs, um, and then we've got uh, the brood bitches and, and four, four or five litters of pups. They're, they're still still running around in the paddock, building up stamina, and, and there'll be some of them looking to come into the kettle soon and, and learn the ropes and start getting into it. So in terms of the the training side of it, I guess you're, you're sort of lucky. You you, you, you can uh, you got to take over the team, but you've still got the the old man behind you if uh, if you need his expertise to come through and, and help you through while you're learning the ropes. Yep, yep. No, mum and dad have both been a big help, and, and to be completely honest, I'd be buggered without them. Uh, everything I know, I've I've, I've learned off the both of them, and they're both they're both great for me and. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I owe I owe all my success to, to the both of them. I, I wouldn't ha- I wouldn't have the um, I wouldn't be in the position I'm in without them, or, or um, you know. So yeah, hats off to mum and dad. You know, um, not many people with 19 years old get to take over a, as big of an operation as that, and um, and they've put their trust in me to do it. So I'm really thankful to the both of them. So just talking about the team you've got there at the moment, mate, uh, who would you label as sort of your, your best dog that you've got coming through or the one you, you're most excited about racing over the next six to 12 months? Um, Gold Star Tanner. He, um, he hit the front in the uh, Garden City Classic but just uh, run out of uh, puff a bit. Um, no keeper ended up winning that. And he's, he's an exceptional dog that's coming through to Gary as well. And um, But, uh, yeah, he, he's one of sort of my best ones, best 500-metre dogs. Um, when he turns up, he, he, he's right on the money, and um, and yeah, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to him. Uh, also, Gold Star Lifters, she's, she's quite a handy bit. Oh. No, you're right, mate. Carry on. Carry on. 
Okay, okay, sorry. No, nah, all good. Um, Goals to Linda said, said quite a good bitch, and, and she recently had a really good win stepping back to 295 on Friday. Um, I've run a real good time the last race of the day, and, and I feel like she's still got a bit more more in the tank. So, um, yep. Uh, and then the last one's Gold Star Truman. He's been an absolutely super dog for me, and um, I love my long-distance racing, especially the 700s. Um, and he's probably one of my success, most successful dogs over the distance, and, um, yeah. We've seen you uh, sort of reel out a, a few new gold stars over the last couple of weeks, and there's a, a few new ones going around uh, tomorrow as well. Have you got any of your young pups that uh, that you're a bit excited about and you, you think might have a future in front for the, the listeners to tune into? Yeah, um, th- there's one that I do actually quite like, Gold Star Porsche. Or, um, she's only had the two starts, and they're both over 500, and she couldn't couldn't quite get it. Um, so she's stepping back to 295 on Monday, and... and She's got quite a lot of box fed early, and I feel like she could be quite a handy, um, handy two nine five dog. She's got quite a lot to learn, and, and um, once she learns, I feel like she could be quite good. Uh, also, we got one coming through; hasn't had a start yet. Gold Star Nolan. She's um, she's shown heaps and heaps of potential in her trials. Uh, she's got good box speed as well, and, and I feel like she could be um, one of our next good sprinters. So for everybody tuning in, uh, I think both of those greyhounds going around tomorrow. So uh, something to tune in for for uh, for everybody to have a dollar on. Uh, Riley, we thank you very much for your time. Before we let you go, obviously you've got another passion uh, that I know about, and uh, everybody else I'm sure will love to hear about it as well. And, and this year you're starting off your uh, your career as a, a super stock driver. Yeah, yeah, I sure am. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm quite lucky. I, I end up doing quite quite good out of the dogs, and um, that's that's our hobby, my mum and dad's hobby, outside of the dogs. So it's quite good. We we go out on on the Saturday night, and you're there, and and Janine's there, and all our mates are there, and, and we go there. We do that and just get to away. Sometimes it's just good to get away from the dogs, and we've all got our hobby like that. Um, and yeah, it's real good. It's a bit of fun. Keeps me out of trouble. So yeah. <laughs> Not sure if it keeps you out of trouble, mate, but uh, it tries its best. Now, thank you for your time, Riley, and uh, best of luck for the next couple of days, mate. Thank you very much, mate. So that was Riley Evans, uh, Damien. He's a, a young fella who's doing a very good job of uh, greyhounds. Like I said, he cranked through 100 winners uh, with uh, just six or seven months uh, of last season, and he's already well on his way to getting 100 this season as well. And with some pretty handy dogs, uh, wouldn't surprise me to see him uh, nailing a big race in the next season or two. I must say, I appreciate the banter between the two of you. Is that a long-running thing? <laughs> yeah, you know, he's, uh, he's a good boy, Riley. Uh, pretty pretty close friend, uh, family friends of ours, uh, the Evans team. Uh, Riley and uh, his parents, Steve and Bonnie, we uh, we spend a fair bit of time together. And uh, yeah, no, he's a he's a good kid, and he's like I said, he's he's got a, a relatively bright future in greyhounds. And uh, from what he's doing now, he's only going to get better and uh, and continue that upward spiral that he's on. Just before we finish up, it is a good point you made earlier, Andy, about the level of younger participants, particularly younger trainers involved, and I know Rosa spoke about it as well, involved in the industry, and uh, I note that you said that there was probably some form of concern about that a few years back, but it seems to have taken an uplift. Do you anticipate more young trainers coming through the ranks? 
it's very good at the moment. I mean, if you have a look through our uh, trainers premiership, you've got uh, Dan Lane, who's a young fella, of course, taking over the, the Ray Adcock empire as uh, his Dan, and he's sitting fourth currently on the premiership. Matt Roberts, early 30s, uh, so he's he's just a young bloke as well. Riley Evans, obviously, taking over uh, from his mum and dad and, uh, and doing a super job right high up on the premiership as well. And you sort of you sift through it. You've got your Ashley Bradshaws and, and all your younger guys that are coming through, your Sam Lazells, your Sean Codlins, your Emma Potts's. They're all doing a super job, Damien. And uh, they've got nice teams and they do a good job with them and winning plenty of races. So I think Greyhound Racing just in a pretty good spot at the moment. No, good stuff. Uh, Andy, appreciate your time once again. Thanks very much and all the best for the week ahead. Yeah, thanks very much, Damon. Been a, a pleasure bringing you the show and uh, look forward to next week as well. Uh, good stuff. You have listened to Kiwi Chasing, all thanks to New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply form. Make sure you stay tuned to SEN Track throughout the day. Plenty of racing to come and enjoy the week ahead.